I hate to be the one to tell you this, but cases, they are slowly rising again in Illinois. Several counties are at medium risk of COVID transmission, and Chicago's top doctor, Allison Arwady, says the city could reach this level as early as tomorrow. This comes as parents are still waiting on a vaccine for kids under five, and more employers are calling back workers to the office. That's leaving a heavy load on daycares, which are seeing an influx of children, most of them too young to be vaccinated. So how are daycare centers and families in our area handling this COVID moment? Joining us now to discuss is Peg Dunn-Pavlak, owner of Little Inspirations in Hyde Park. Hi, Peg. Welcome to Reset. Hi, Sasha. Thanks. Glad to be here. Yeah, you opened Little Inspirations 14 years ago. So tell us more about your center. Yes. um, We are a small family-owned child care serving the Hyde Park neighborhood of Chicago. Um, We started as a home daycare and moved into the in. I guess we started in 2008 and grew to a preschool, and now we have two centers. Um, serving currently about 90 children um, wow. in Hyde Park, yeah. And for you, this is all after serving for, for years as a public and private school teacher. Is that right? That is correct, yes. Take <laughs> us back to when the state issued that stay-at-home order back in 2020. What was that like for you? Um, I think we expected it was coming based on just seeing the news of what was happening with COVID-19 at the time. Um, We were trying to figure out what's best for the children. Should we be staying open or should we be closing for a period of a couple weeks? When the stay-at-home order was executed, we figured it would be a couple weeks and everyone would be back. Um, But it was much longer than that. Mm -hmm. We were able to reopen Um, in June. So we had a few months um, during which time we were just trying to stay in touch with our families and do what we could to help everyone stay safe and be connected to one another and keep teachers engaged with the children and through Zoom, which was kind of funny for young children, actually. Yeah, I can imagine. (laughs) Well, you know, after the state lifted its uh, emergency orders, it was largely up to individual daycare centers to you know, set their own rules for things like masks and quarantines and tests for the kids. Um, Joe Klanowski, who's a parent uh, in, in Chicago, he sends his one-year-old daughter to your daycare center. And I want to play a clip, Peg, from a message that Joe left us about his experience navigating all these rules during the pandemic. Let's listen. For November, December, January, she was home, quarantined, almost as frequently as she was in daycare because she kept getting exposed there and kept having to come home and quarantine. I get an email from the daycare saying, you have to pick your kid up right now. And so we don't get hardly any notice at all. And then my wife and I have to scramble to make plans for the next week. How have you worked through the logistical details with your staff and the families that you serve? Mm-hmm. Um, well, going back to our reopening, I think when we first were given notice that we were allowed to reopen, there was a requirement that, of course, we made a new risk management plan to address the pandemic and 
They were the CDC guidelines. And over the past couple of years, those things have changed frequently. Um, so it's we've had to keep up to date and continue doing our own research and looking at the CDC guidelines and looking at the Illinois Department of Public Health and the Chicago Department of Public Health and Illinois DCFS, which is a regulating authority to know what are the criteria that we need to be having, what is safest for children, and how do we keep children in school as much as possible while first and foremost making sure they're safe mm-hmm. um, and weighing the cost-benefit of every, every aspect of our work. So what are your rules right now? So right now we have... Um, masks are required indoors for all children ages two and over and all of our staff. Um, We do allow the children and the staff to remove the masks um, when outdoors. Um, Parents, we, all of our staff is fully vaccinated. Okay. Um, And we've gathered data around our parent bodies vaccination status to help create an understanding of the risk within our our, our little child care community <laughs> in Hyde Park. Um, so we've tried to communicate with parents a lot around what their hopes and fears are and what their knowledge of the current standards are, and then to, to communicate what we hear down the pipeline as well I see. Um, as things change. And you're having the young kids and the staff as well take saliva tests on oh, a weekly basis. Oh, that's correct, yes. Isn't that hard for the, the three-year-olds to take saliva it, tests? It's very <laughs> challenging, and we have some three-year-olds who have become experts at it and you, you hand them the vial and they're done in two minutes. We have others that it can take, you know, a long time for them to produce and some who just outright say, nope, not doing it. <laughs> I don't I want to. Imagine. And, you know, there's the cost benefit. We're not going to force a child to spit in the tube, you know, on yeah. a weekly basis if it's not working for them. Um, but yeah. we are grateful to have the resources of, Shield Illinois and to be able to participate in the test to stay program for our oldest children and to have the comfort of knowing, you know, each week at this point, no one in our center has COVID right now. Um, I think we did some surveys with the parents and our staff to see like, you know, should we continue doing this? Is it worthwhile? You know, and it was a resounding yes that this is this is adding a lot of comfort to our ability to feel safe. Well, I said it earlier, and I'll say it again, Peg, cases are slowly rising in this area. So mm-hmm. how are, concerned are you about that? Um, I, we've definitely seen many more cases in the community, um, you know, just out and about. In the child care, we've had parents who have come down with it. Um, my whole family was down a few weeks ago. Um, and it's just, everyone. we know that everyone's being as cautious as possible, and we're going to keep our masks. We're going to keep communicating with the families. And luckily, we can continue to... I, to balance the risk-benefit, I mean, it's, it's hard. None of the cases that we have experienced have been serious mm-hmm. in terms of 
symptoms. No, that's good. We've had a lot of asymptomatic cases among our children. Not a lot, I shouldn't say. I don't think in comparison to what I've heard from other providers that we've had um, a lot of cases. I think that we've done a good job of mitigating it and keeping our cases down. Um, We do have to close a classroom whenever we have a case. Um, And that's hard. It's really hard on parents. It's hard on teachers and wondering if it's spreading. And so we try to test and and get kids back in school as quickly as possible while knowing that the people who are coming back are not going to spread anything. You're listening to Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and that is Peg Dunn-Pavilak. She's owner of Little Inspirations in Hyde Park, and we're discussing how the pandemic's affected daycare centers in this area. Coming up in five minutes on the program, we'll talk about community efforts to counter the legacy of segregation in Englewood. So stay with us for that conversation. Peg, what would you say COVID-19 has revealed about the working conditions in the childcare industry? Um, I think it has become more, I think people have become more aware that it is a really challenging job. And that it's both really important and that there are risks involved with caring for children. Um, The working conditions are, I think that they vary, first of all, very much from center to center and environment to environment. And I think that there's a lot of room for improvement in un- understanding the importance of valuing child care providers and early childhood educators for the work that they do. I feel yeah. really grateful that we're a part of a community that really does value the work and the professionalism of our teachers yeah. and you know, childcare workers, Peg, they're historically underpaid, right? As you talk about valuing, historically underpaid, uh, quick to leave for, for a better job. Mm-hmm. You decided to boost tuition to, to cover the rising labor costs. Can you talk more about that? Um, well, I think that the, the goal of boosting wages for childcare providers has long been in process. And I used to have a view that when people signed on to our services when their children are infants, it'd be great if they could count on that tuition staying the same for the duration of their enrollment until they exit to their next school for three to five years. And, you know, I've realized over time and practice that that's simply not possible, Um, that as cost of living increases, it's really important for everyone to, you know, that that we, our tuition reflects that both for the expenses of the organization, but also for our teachers. Um, But beyond that, yes, we we decided that we needed to reevaluate our salary scale and, and try to increase as much as possible in order to keep teachers in the field and to keep them from 
feeling undervalued in a line of work that generally is not as valued as it should be in society. Mm. What would help? What would help daycare centers moving forward, Peg? What do you think? I think the key is it, it's it, there. Is not a real easy solution. I think that the best thing that we can do as a society is realize how important child care providers are for our society and that the value they offer in those first five years of life can be really fundamentally powerful in improving our society long-term. It's an investment into our future, and having that value, um, I think, as a profession that takes quite a bit of skill, Mm -hmm. both as an art and a science, and and having the background of brown child development and brain development and the importance of that combined with a real nurturing person that really wants them to be with children and love children all day long. It it takes a very unique person. And I think what would help child care centers and early education is to really help find more of those people that want to be in the field and to help everyone realize that it is so important and it's so valued and it is necessary for our community and our society as a whole to honor the importance of this work. That is Peg Dunn-Pavlak, owner of Little Inspirations in Hyde Park. You can read more about her story and the experience of other daycare operators in the Chicago area at wbez.org. Peg, thank you so much for making the time. Thanks, Sasha. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We've got more for you on the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.